0: Tune in weekly and listen to the Collateral Damage Podcast, where Michael Wilson and Maureen Kavanaugh host a variety of special guests to discuss topics and available services that will help you learn about the impact that substance use has on our lives, our families, and on our communities nationwide. Episodes and listening information can be found at www.cdpodcast.com. You can also search for Collateral Damage Podcast on your favorite listening platforms or watch previous and future episodes on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe and share. Welcome everybody to another episode of Collateral Damage, Um, here with my my special co-host Maureen Cavanaugh. Um, And I think today uh, what we wanted to talk about was different forms of intervention. I'm sure a lot of people hear that word and it's a big scary word and it's full of all different types of stuff. I know that um, if you've never been through one, I imagine that you're thinking about like the TV show or you're thinking about something you saw in a movie or You know, maybe when you were younger, your family did one on some uncle or something like that, right?
1: I've never, never seen the television show. Oh, okay. Well, I I think I turned it on once and they were showing people using
0: and that kind of,
1: I was like, that's just not necessary. So I, I never watched it again. I I guess maybe I should watch. It's not yeah. even that it's hard to watch. It's just like, okay, we already know that part. That's why. You
0: know? Well, not everybody does. I think that's why they do it. I remember, um, you know, when I was in Middleton and I was at the, uh, excuse me, when I was at the eighty-bed drug program. They, uh, I think it was run by, it was run by some external organization at the time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But they would have us watch uh, that show. They would have us watch Intervention, you know, throughout the day. They just put it on, and um, you know, reruns and reruns and. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. It was weird. That's weird. weird. I'm not going to lie. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure there was some intention behind it, but I mean, we would literally just sit out there and watch episodes of intervention. And, you know, I think that, uh, I, I learned a lot about what it, what it meant and what it looked like and what people were trying to do and stuff like that. But, you know, the show is just one, uh, you know, I know that yeah. everyone's seen, you know, like maybe the Sopranos uh, uh, intervention, if, <laughs> which was hilarious. If you got a minute and you Google the Sopranos intervention, that's not what we do. Um, but that is, <laughs> it's definitely worth a watch because it's funny. Um, or, you know, in any movie or something like that, you see, you know, someone hires a man or a woman to come in and say the things that the family hasn't been able to say to get someone to agree to go to treatment.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. I mean,
1: that's... You know, I think the 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 more I learn, I think the mistake is that people wait too long for something like this. They wait until everybody's oh. desperate and 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 because um and we were talking about this earlier is I know that um, I thought that if I couldn't fix it, that probably nobody else could either because i I oh. knew my daughter better than i than anybody else. Right. and now, after having gone through. Um, many years of this, and many times with other families going through, you know, being involved in their lives and seeing them go through it, I realized that it was that that was exactly what we could have used in the very beginning: is somebody else stepping in, mm. because it's I may have known her, but I didn't know her in this way.
0: Right. Well, you didn't know her addiction. I mean, you may know your daughter in the same way I know my child. And you and I were kind of joking about this earlier is that, you know, I know my child better than everybody and I can manipulate them into, you know, what I want them to do and get them help. But I, they own me, you know, they might know me better than anybody and you know, your child, but you don't know their illness, their addiction, or, you know, what it takes to help get them to change their mind or what motivates them. I think your book book titled, if you love me, you know what I mean? Like it says it all right there. I don't have to read it. Says as if you love me.
1: <laughs> you, you're <laughs> going to read that book, I
0: swear to God. <laughs> I, will, I will. But the- no,
1: it's, it's Yeah, I mean, I thought that the two of us were like this, and I was in her head, and she was in mine. And, yeah. And that may have been true to a certain extent, although I learned that, of course, that's not possible before and after, but right. definitely not in the middle of it, you know? Mm-hmm. So I was still behaving as if she was this uh, person before the addiction.
0: Right. Approaching her the same way, you know, thinking she was motivated by the same things. And I guess that's that's the craziness is that you're right. It does. You know, the idea of having an interventionist step in or having somebody, uh, a qualified professional step in and educate the family. Um, It is tumbling. You know, I would I would say that, you know, if I had to have somebody come in, I'd be. I'd be uncomfortable with it in the beginning. It would be hard to trust them. Um, you know, I've got my my child or my loved one making promises to me, and I'm like, oh, I want to believe them. And then I've got this other person saying that my loved one's probably lying to me. That what I think I know, I don't know. It's hard. So it's, it's a well, lot. I wonder
1: if it's a little bit too that you know you spent your whole life now parenting this child, and and you don't want and you 're feeling like a bad parent, so if mm. you feel like you, if you can get them to the other side of this, and then and then you 're redeeming yourself in some way yeah. and i don 't know if I consciously thought that, and i don 't even know if it, it was, but I know that I was so incredibly sick, and that 's really what that book is about. I was so sick, I was as mm-hmm. sick as she was, if not sicker Just I think in a different I way. yeah, and um I would have um really benefited from somebody coming in and 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 taking over a little bit mm-hmm. with as far as how to, how my family should interact with her and and being able to listen to somebody that knew a little bit more than I a lot more than i did about right. the, the addiction not necessarily my daughter because the amazing thing is i'm finding now as i as i work in this field the people that were that you know th- that we love that become addicted and also the families everybody's remarkably the same
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yep. there's
1: we are not unique in any almost in any way we may have different situations things that happen mm-hmm. but it's we're all so much the same that um right. and i know that from how many responses i get every day from that book saying oh my god you were, got in my head how did you know right. all these it was like because we all do the same sick things because this is the worst I think, one of the worst things in the world that can happen in your family right. is um, watching your child or your loved one slip through your hands, you know? And, and you really do need that voice of reason to come in. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, it's an illness. And I guess this is where I get so many people that get hung up on, is it a disease? Is it a choice? This is an illness, you know what I mean? Like the flu isn't a choice, you know? Like you can maybe choose to be near someone that has it, but once you have it, the symptoms aren't up to you. Like we all have the same symptoms, you know, we all cough, sneeze, sore throat. I mean, that's why they sell medication to address the symptoms because they're all the same for everybody, right? you know, and the same could be said with this, that those are the symptoms, right? The craziness that we get into, the parents going through this, the loved ones going through that, those are the symptoms of the illness. And we're all going to have the same ones, even though we're different and special and unique people, our symptoms are not, our illness is not. And that's why, you know, as an interventionist, stepping into a family system and being able to talk with a family about their loved one's illness and help them understand it and talk to them about a part of their loved one that they don't fully understand just yet and what it's going to take to address that. I think that's, that's important Um, and scary, but important, you know, I think for a family to admit, like you said, that I'm not going to be able to fix this and redeem myself uh, for whatever I think I'm at fault for here and that I've got to take a step back and let someone else try. And that's, Since regular parenting doesn't apply when it comes to addiction, I don't care how good of a parent you are. You could be awesome. And it's not an implication that you're not. There's nobody saying that you're a bad parent because this happened. But regular parenting doesn't apply. So applying more of the same parenting that you've been using up to this point.
1: No matter how good it is.
0: Could be awesome. Right. Could have worked on other kids. You know what I mean? You could have three kids that are doing great and you got one that's not. It's not your parenting. It's the illness, right? So since regular parenting doesn't apply... know, having an interventionist or anybody, any professional step in and teach you. It's about teaching you more effective ways to parent somebody struggling with this illness. What about diabetes? Well, if my kid has diabetes, regular parenting doesn't apply. I have to make adjustments based on what's happening inside of their body. I have to learn about the illness, learn about different ways to feed them. I have to learn about different ways to measure their blood sugar, what I can do, what I can't do, what activities are too stressful. Regular parenting no longer applies. Now I need special parenting. Right. Happens with every other illness except this one. And we get mad because our regular parenting isn't working.
1: Right. Because I think I thought that if I loved her, because I loved her so much, I was just going to love the addiction right out of her. Yeah. And that I think that, God forbid, had anything happened to her, had she passed away? Well, lots of things happened to the poor thing, poor kid. But um, I think that if she had passed away, I would have thought that I didn't love her enough. And I right. hear parents say stuff like that all the time. And the truth of the matter is, we we got very lucky, and that she and she looks back on how much I loved her as a good good thing. That she will always know that I loved her through this. But it it did not make her well. No, <laughs> no, no, I did not I did not love her into wellness at all. That is not well, what that's, happened.
0: But love that so love is is it's it's there's so many different ways to love somebody going through this. You know what I mean to. To love without boundaries, I think is unhealthy for everybody, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's where I get, I I think I get a lot kind of hung up with families is that I start talking about the changes they need to make in order to help their loved one because they love them and they see it as, well, you're telling me I have to stop loving them. You're telling me, so I only know how to love by giving, providing a safe place, putting food in their belly, like all, you know, the normal parenting love, Right. right? I know how to parent love. But what you're telling me is that I have to love them in an uncomfortable way. I have to love them in a way that makes me feel like I'm not doing it effectively. And they're telling me that I don't love them because I'm not doing it in a way that's familiar to them.
1: Right. And, you know, one of the big things I think for me and for a lot of people is giving them that choice of whether they they get into treatment and 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 remain sober and live in your home or or. Or don't you know what i mean that that it's a choice you're not throwing them out you're giving them the choice of whether they live there or whether they don't live there and if they want to live there which you want i wanted her to live there too i I needed her to make these choices in order to make that possible and that didn't look like somebody maybe to a lot of people it didn't look like, how can you love your daughter and not have a roof over her head? I bet and it no, did look like it to her. <laughs> it really didn't look not like it to her at the time, but now yeah. she knows. Right. And it's I see her just recently going through it with um, somebody that she knows and uh, and saying all the things I said. Well, <laughs> it's a choice. They yeah. took them. I'm like, oh my God. She tells me the things she says. So I know that those things were right, that I was mm-hmm. doing the, you know, that I definitely was doing the right thing. And, and you know, the maintaining that, you, that doing doing the really hard thing sometimes means that you, that show is how you show somebody you love them.
0: Well, I mean, I'm sure that the phrase tough love gets thrown around all the time. And, you know, I, I try not to use the phrase because I think it confuses people
1: right i think people mixed up mix it up with cutting somebody off
0: well yeah because the sometimes, i mean really
1: cutting somebody
0: off yeah sometimes the hardest thing you can do is love somebody appropriately you right. know sometimes the toughest thing that you can do is to find a healthier way to love somebody that's so dangerous right i mean there's nothing there's nothing wrong with me saying that you can't do what you're doing at my house i can still love you i can emotionally support you but in all honesty, I could be providing you with a safe place to do drugs and you have a better chance of dying at my house than elsewhere.
1: Exactly. That's,
0: that, that's, that's a choice I get to make. And it would be tough for me to do that. It would be tough for me to say, you can't live here. It right. would be tough for me to say, I can only support your efforts to get into treatment or I can only support your efforts to get well. I can't support your efforts to stay sick or I can't support your actions to continue using. I, that's hard. That would be really hard, especially if you're a parent and you feel like it's your, there's like an obligation. There's a, I have to, nobody else will.
1: Yeah. It's, it's very difficult and not right for everybody. You know, everybody's got to do, do what they feel is best in their own family and what they can live with. Because sometimes this does not end well. And we Mm all, as we all know, all too often. Um, But I really, I, you know. Anyway, I I think that earlier on in my whole journey had somebody, you know, had and I did have that because we talked about that to a certain extent. I had that with Matt, you yep. know, but in a different oh, role. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But, um, you know, he was he was sort of talking to Katie and I realized after a certain amount of time that he he's the one that should talk to her about this and yep. I should say how you doing today, honey? I love you very much. Did you eat? Did you, you know, the mom things. I could be mom and somebody else could, could, um, do the things that, um, I didn't know anything about.
0: Mm -hmm. Talk to her about the part of her life you didn't understand, nor could you help her work through, nor could you identify with, and nor could you provide, you know, adequate options to address.
1: And you know something, I don't care if you're in recovery, you can't do that with your own child.
0: Not if you're emotionally compromised, you can't.
1: Uh, absolutely not. And that's no. why, and I think that sometimes I see that when someone's in recovery and 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 their child is struggling, it it's almost worse because right. it's like, I did this, you do this. It can be, and that, that's, I think people like, families like that need somebody to come in even more.
0: Yeah. There's a lot of projection there. There's, you know, this is what worked for me. This is what you need to do. And if you don't do this, you won't have what I have. And I mean, that's to some extent, very true. Mm-hmm. But as a parent, um, I think that it's, it's probably not a great idea to project project your recovery experience on them. Um, it's, it definitely turns them off. I mean, I'd be more likely to listen to a stranger tell me about how they got well, than listen to one of my family members tell me how they got well.
1: Yeah. We experienced that in my family too, because, um, Katie's dad is, is, uh, struggled with alcohol
0: okay. and,
1: uh, and quit drinking years and years ago. So, um, it, you know, he was like, "I did it. You, you can do it. If I did it, you can do it too." Right. Nobody wants to hear that.
0: Not <laughs> from their parents. No. no.
1: Well,
0: that's what I'm saying. And, and having having a professional in there. And I mean, I guess this is what we keep referring back to. You know, whether that professional is a, you know, the interventionist that does the traditional intervention. That when you hear that word, you might be picturing in your head where we all sit down with letters and boundaries, and right. you know, there's a treatment option that day, which is probably what most people think of. Yeah. Uh, but there's a variety of forms of intervention. I would say anything that you do to proactively disrupt that situation would be a form of intervention. You know, getting educated and working with someone to learn about communication and boundaries is a form of intervention. You are changing the system around that person right. so that it no longer continues. Or it can be direct, coming at you, listen, you know, this is how I feel about what's happening. I need, I, I need to ask you to stop using. That's a form of intervention. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it never even gets brought up. I get a family that may call me and say, you know, we've been going this, through this for five years. And I'm like, well, you know, what kind of conversations are you having about this? And like, oh, we don't bring it up because we don't know what to say. And I'm like, oh, all right. So we have to start somewhere. Let's, let's get in there. And it's right. like you said, why wait until the wheels fall off years into it when you could actually start, you know, maybe before it gets so bad, you could start by changing the way the family understands it, the way they respond to it, the way they would talk to each other about it, or more importantly, just how they feel about it. Like, I don't want to feel like this is my fault. (laughs) Can somebody help me with that? Like, I don't want to feel like there's nothing I can do. Can somebody help me with that? It'd be great if we could do in the beginning.
1: And I think a good intervention heals the whole family. So you may develop skills in that intervention Mm -hmm. that you can use in other things with other family members and just in creating a stronger bond with the whole family. Right. Because you've gone through this now and you've learned how to work something that seems like insurmountable. You've mm-hmm. learned how to work that out. So there's a lot of value in these things. Oh yeah. Um, how do you find, I mean, how do you find a good interventionist? What are the, what are you looking for?
0: Well, I mean, you definitely want to have somebody that's got experience in the industry. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's wonderful if you can find somebody that has personal experience uh, that they bring to the table. It's great to You know, I know that as a person in recovery myself, when I sit down with families and they hear that I'm well, I'm immediately a power of example. I'm proof that it can work. And I think that really motivates them to drive through a process they might otherwise feel pretty scared about. Um, So having somebody that's either a person in recovery or a family member of that's got some personal experience might be nice. Mm -hmm. Um, More importantly, educated, qualified, Uh, I mean, there's a variety of different forms of intervention, everything from what would be called a 12-step call. Um, A 12-step call is usually somebody that's in recovery that will go out and talk to somebody that's not and see if they can get them to agree to go. And that's usually not done by a professional. It's usually done by a peer. um, And it usually doesn't involve a formal process. It's more informal where, you know, somebody will reach out to somebody that's in recovery and be like, hey, can you come talk to you know joe and and see if you can offer him some insight uh or a way out mm-hmm. uh, you know or that might also be some form of recovery coaching uh or something like that which is a little more casual um with an interventionist i would say you want somebody that's um done a couple different trainings you know has a couple different models that they can bring to the table Maybe somebody that's a member of an organization like uh, the Association of Intervention Specialists, which is a national organization, or somebody that has a a certification, which is a Certified Intervention Professional. So that's C.
1: I see that you know the CIP.
0: CIP, right?
1: And what is the? uh, There's a couple of others, right? There's the ARISE one too. That's the. um, Well, the CIP. C A I right? Right. Well, the
0: the CIP is the national certifying. Uh, organization. It okay. used to be uh, one in Illinois, which was board certified. And Pennsylvania Certification Board has become the certification for interventions, uh, interventionists. Right. Interventionists can be trained in multiple modalities. The ARISE would be one of the models. Um, ours, the CFI would be one of the models. Um, you know, the Story model. There, there's there's a whole bunch of Johnson, the,
1: Johnson which is Johnson the, model, exactly. That's, that's the, um, <clears throat> the one that everybody I think is most familiar with. That's the television show type of right. Well, I mean, right. the,
0: the Johnson Institute taught everybody about intervention, you know, decades ago, and, and it became, you know, the foundation on, on which a lot of these were built uh, the surprise model, the letters, um, the opportunity to go to treatment and stuff. And then, you know, there's been a lot of breakoffs. There's been the, right. uh, you know, Arise, which is the invitational, there's the CFI hours, which is, fam- you know, heavily yeah, family focused. focused. And so there's there's all these different models that you could be trained in, but ultimately you want somebody who has um, has or is pursuing their CIP, which would tell you that they're held to a certain ethical standard. Um, you know they've signed a code of ethics. They they have a board or a certifying agency that's trained them that they could that you could reach out to and, and check. Um, yeah. You know that's always a good thing if they are you know certified to rise. You can there's a registry for that. You can contact the directors and find out. Same thing with our CFI. There's a registry on our website. You can see who's been trained, who hasn't. You can contact us directly if someone says they are and they're not. We'll let you know. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So
1: if I was looking for somebody and say I was coming to you and I wanted a couple of parents or a couple of family members that had gone through with you, would you be able to provide that?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think that would that be like
1: a thing that you could ask somebody that you would. Okay.
0: Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's it. I mean, I can, if you come to me, I'm never going to tell you I'm just Okay.
1: Right. No, why would I do, do that? that? That's yeah, silly. Right. You know
0: what I mean? So yeah, you know, you can go to anybody and they can tell you that they're great. You know, you should come to me. This is gonna be wonderful. But you know, I, I think getting feedback from other people is huge. Um and you know, there's a lot of I think family support groups, they definitely talk. Um, you know, you can oh, you can yes, bring someone's are. name <laughs> family support group and you can yeah. find out usually <clears> from <throat> there, like what they've heard if they've got personal experience, what type of person they are. Not every interventionist is the right intervention for your loved one right? Uh, right. or interventionist for your loved one. So like, you know, reaching out to those peer uh, support groups and communities, uh, Facebook communities and stuff like that. I think you can get a lot of feedback. Yeah, uh, Ma- first- I always
1: say Magnolia is like the Angie's list of addiction.
0: There it is. Yeah. That is, yeah.
1: You go on there and you ask any question and I guarantee you that somebody will have an answer. Right. But you know, I think that um I, I think that I, I don't see a lot. Of, I mean, there's a couple of names, yours being one of them that floats around as mm-hmm. being someone that's good.
0: But I've been um, told my name gets around quite a bit. I don't know if that's good or bad, but it gets around, yeah. It's <laughs> on a
1: bathroom wall somewhere, I think. <laughs>
0: yeah. For a bad time, call this <laughs> number. Yeah. They'll intervene on you.
1: Oh God. Yeah. So, um, so that's good. That's good to know that you can, that's a, that's a question that you can ask an interventionist. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, how long have you been doing this? What, you know, what's your approach? What models have you been trained under? Is there, yeah. you know, can we speak with a family member or two that you've worked with and hear about their experience? Um, you know, the other one is what types of consultations, you know, uh, I think a good consultation means that, Someone will take the time to sit down with you and figure out if they're a good fit for you. Uh, and how, long,
1: how long would that be? Like an hour or so, right?
0: Yeah, an hour or more, I think is a good enough time. I mean, you're talking about someone's life, their history, who they are as a person. You know, I think you can get like the gist in 20 minutes, but to truly investigate a situation and find out, um, you know, what you'd be recommending and, and yeah. stuff like that, I, I, w- I would definitely put that around an hour or more. You know, an hour to an hour and a half, something like that. So
1: I, I've noticed that a lot of the treatment centers now are employing their own interventionists.
0: Right. And that, I think that's, it's a, it's a tough one. I mean, it's, yeah. at, it's, at, the, it's at the, it's at the, like, I, I understand the reason behind it. You know, I think the good ones are interventionists that are not just sending people to their own programs. Right, that they'll intervene no matter where you're going, and mm-hmm. I guess that's hard to determine. <laughs> I mean, I'm not yeah. there, so I don't know. I what- mean,
1: after you know, I just did a training with with a bunch of people that were mm. interventionists that were doing interventions and in, at various treatment a lot of them at various treatment facilities, mm-hmm. and um, they were being trained in in a different model, and uh, yeah, I I I mean that was something I was I don't yeah that was something I was wondering about because i think you just have to be aware that more than likely they're doing this intervention because they are expecting that you're going to go to they are going to send your family member to this particular treatment center so but that, that's situa- not your only option
0: right and i guess the situations where you know i feel like i feel like that would be appropriate is if you've contacted a program that you'd really like your loved one to go to, you like that program, and they provide in-house intervention services that can help you accomplish your goal and your loved one's goal of getting into that program. I agree, and and I think that's the model. I think that's what it was based on. But at the same time, who decides that? You know, was it just because this program was my first point of contact and I didn't know any better? Right. We called an eight hundred number that I saw. That doesn't mean that I've done due diligence and researched the program. So right. in addition to who your interventionist is, I would recommend just as much due diligence into the program um, you know, that you're calling or reaching out to. And I would do the same thing, you know, yes. reach out to those peer support groups, uh, reach out to other families or ask the program, is there a family I can talk to? You know, or a couple, yeah. two or three. Um, you know, it's in the same way that you might take your college-age child to go look at colleges before you drop. 20 or $40,000 for a year to have them go live there part-time throughout the year. Like you're going to go there. You want to meet people. You want to talk to other parents. You're going to do your due diligence. I would hope before you invest that kind of money.
1: But it's amazing how many people don't because they're in such a state of fear.
0: Right. I can see that.
1: Yeah. So, but that's, it's good to know that, you know, just because that intervention was, you know, it was offered doesn't, you, you have to pick the place first.
0: Right. Well, or you have to you have to work with the interventionist and say you know maybe I don't I don't necessarily feel like this is the right place. An interventionist should never push you to a program,
1: right?
0: You know, it's I mean, a, options. Yeah, I, I mean, I always present at least two or three options and help people understand the different levels of care um, and encourage them to do their own research. And I guess that's the key: is that if you're if you're sitting in an in inter, if you're sitting in an intervention with somebody and it feels like they're pushing you. Yes. To a particular program, yes. there might be an agenda in there somewhere, and that's where things start to get a little tricky.
1: So we experienced that, and early oh, okay. on, that was my first experience with with intervention. Almost mm-hmm. experience with intervention is that the interventionists kept pushing one particular place, oh. which made me not want to go to that place because I was like, "This is not, <laughs> yeah. you know, why?
0: what are we doing here?
1: Yeah, why is it all about this place?" So that was that was uh alarming to me because mm-hmm. this was supposed to be a, a private interventionist. Okay. So I, we did not do that because of that reason. And I think Mm -hmm. looking back, I think that was probably a good idea. Sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I guess like you're saying, if, if people are coming from different programs and they're doing these intervention trainings, it's like, what position do you have back at the company that you're implementing this this tool, the service? And I've done, I've done trainings for staff, intervention trainings for staff Mm -hmm. programs. And I think that. And that's wonderful
1: that they want their people to be trained uh, in a way that, you know, is, is to have this knowledge I
0: think right and I mean yeah exactly like what what I'm sure these tools um you know they transcend the intervention experience right into case management to working with families to aftercare planning like it 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 gets in there it's very useful information but um to your point you know there's there's some ethically questionable situations across the board whether it's from intervention to treatment to prescribing i mean if you're watching the news then you know what i'm talking about or if you're yep. on facebook then you know what i'm talking about so it's out there and like a cons- like any other consumer you know yes it's the fault of the people out there that have these unethical practices but it's the responsibility of the consumer to do their due diligence to ask the questions to know that it's not your only option right like g- compare
1: and I think, you know, with, with anybody, with any, any private interventionist, and I know that I even do this when somebody asks me a question. I ask lots of questions about the person. Mm-hmm. So as an interventionist now, you've gotten all this information about the person, mm-hmm. and you have access to all these different places. And I, by, when I say access, I mean that you know about them, and you know right. people that work there, and you may have even been to a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And I can kind of think to myself, there's three or four places that I think that might work. You know, in that with that insurance, and that and that um, and that particular person, and their what they maybe what they liked before, what they were, um, what excited them before they started using drugs, and and what might click if they have you know a mental health issues, they have eating disorders. There's Mm -hmm. there's lots to uh, take into consideration, so that one size doesn't fit all, and it's good to have that advice, but I think it's good to have choices too.
0: I totally agree. You know, I mean, probably one of the things that I run into, you know, as an interventionist, I run into this all the time is that um, families will call um, already having done so much research, um, read so many books to the point where they are about to do their own intervention. And they call and ask if I can watch, just show up and be there. um, Or they'll call on a Thursday and they're like, we want to do it on Saturday. Um, and you know, or they're just calling to see if I can tell them how to do it over the phone, you know, and I guess considering what's at stake, oftentimes that concerns me, Yeah, you know, that like, I wouldn't call a plumber and be like, do you know, do you think you could just tell me how to do it over the phone? I don't actually want to hire you to come in and do this thing. Could you just tell me how to do it or watching YouTube videos to try to figure it out? And I'm not saying I couldn't figure it out, but in this situation, there's a human life at stake. Um, and I imagine that if you, if you are the loved one of somebody struggling with addiction, that you are somewhat emotionally compromised to the extent that um, if you were to sit down and try to facilitate something like this, it would be really hard to hold them together, hold everybody else together, and more importantly, hold yourself together and stay on track, you know, mm-hmm. to not get emotionally invested or involved and, you know, keep things from falling apart. And
1: such a hard thing to do, you know, impossible. I think if you, if you're involved.
0: Right. It doesn't mean don't try. It doesn't mean, I mean, I'm just saying that I get people that somehow are asking if I can be involved in that, or if I can advise in that. And I would never, if you've, if it's gotten to the point where you've called me, I would never advise that you just go in and do it yourself. Um, I would say that if you go in and do it yourself and you don't get the results that you're looking for, please call me back. And then we can sit down and we can go over it together and figure out what you've been trying and what we really, you know, what, what can we do about this? But, um, it's, it's really hard to recommend, um, that you go do what you've probably been doing repeatedly for years again and hope for the best.
1: Right. Only call it an intervention this time.
0: (laughs) Right. Or write letters. Uh, I mean, uh, the the thing is, is yes, we have letters, but we have letters that are written a very specific way to accomplish a very specific result. And the letters are not the intervention. Whereas if you just told me to write an intervention letter for my loved one, I'd probably write something that was pretty finger pointing, pretty aggressive, you know, trying to convince them that they're sick and trying to force them to go to treatment in some way. And that's, that's not an appropriate letter. But why would you know that, (laughs) (laughs) you know, yeah, so exactly. again, I'm not saying that some of those aren't successful because I do get those people that call and they're like, oh, well, we actually sat down and asked. And maybe that's the scenario where this has been happening for five years and nobody's ever asked.
1: Right. And it's, this is something different. Yeah.
0: yeah. I'm like, why don't you go ask them, see if they were in there? And they come back and like, yeah, they're going to go to treatment. I was like, see, all you have to do is ask. <laughs> but, it, <laughs> but for it, most I'll, of us who have asked repeatedly. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't get a lot of those calls. But if I do, you know, it's always worth being like, hey, has anyone actually asked them? Yeah. Has anyone said, would you be willing to go? Because there's no sense for us to go and do an intervention and assume that they're unwilling unless someone has identified the fact that they're unwilling. Right. Put a little, just put a little ask out there. Hey, I was just wondering, like, uh, do you want to go to treatment (laughs) and get that out of the way so that we can go in and do the intervention?
1: Wouldn't that be nice if it was that easy?
0: It would. it would. It would. And unfortunately, I, I just don't get the calls where it's that easy. I tend to specialize in dealing with the unwilling, so I don't get yeah. a lot of those really willing calls. Yeah.
1: Mm.
0: Well, well, intervention, it's a big, scary word, but it doesn't have to be a big, scary thing. And I think if we can make the word less scary and we can show that it's a positive thing, and intervention is a really, really good thing,
1: for everybody.
0: Yes. That's yes. the thing.
1: That's the thing that surprised me most as I've learned more and more about the process
0: mm-hmm. is that
1: it really is, uh, it, it's it's really for everybody's benefit. Right. Because people don't realize, you don't realize sometimes how, how you communicate with each other. Mm-hmm. You don't realize how, um, and, and or how you don't communicate with each other and how that's affecting the whole family structure.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, if, if intervention stops being a big, scary word about a process you don't want to try, it can become the best thing you've ever done for your family system around this topic. It doesn't mean everybody has to become mean and unloving or turn your back on someone. It is just a much healthier way to address an unhealthy situation in a family. It's not even addiction specific. We do interventions for behavioral Absolutely. health, mental health, you know what I mean? Substance abuse, all different types of things. And it is, it's really just about not allowing it to continue the way it has up to this point.
1: Right. It's It's about,
0: yeah, it's not ignoring it, not pretending.
1: No, it's a family coming together that all loves each other and loves the person and and wants to help them through this thing that they don't seem to be able to help themselves with right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, and that was not what I thought intervention was at all.
0: Right. I mean, I, I doubt that initially you thought it was such an educational process.
1: I didn't think it was an educational process at all. I thought somebody was going to come in and and take her away,
0: which is what I
1: I really wanted them to do. (laughs) You know, but the problem with that is they might've taken her away once, but it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have changed the family system and it wouldn't have, um, it it would have been just somebody taking her away. Now I can look at this and see when this works and it it works a lot. And when it works, it really changes everybody for the better.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, that's exactly it. I mean, if it's not, it, it, yeah, if you can hire somebody to come in and just take your loved one to treatment, I mean, what does that leave behind? It leaves behind a bunch of people that don't feel like they need to do anything differently. And then the loved right. one comes back. Yes. And that's unhealthy. And so, I mean, if you, if people could start seeing intervention as a proactive way to deal with something, right. that would be amazing. Unfortunately, most of the calls I get, it's reactive. There was just an incident. We've been waiting for years. I've had your card for six months. It's all crinkled up. I can barely read the phone number anymore, but I'm calling now because something has to change today. And unfortunately, I'd say it's like most other things, you know, human nature, we have to be on the precipice of disaster before we actually reach out to change something. And, you know, as as a, a nation, we struggle with that. As communities, we struggle with that. As families, we struggle with that. And as humans. I mean, I don't usually go on a diet until I'm extremely obese. You know, <laughs> like it's uncomfortable for me. I'm like, oh damn, I got to do something about this. You
1: can't and, you can't close your pants anymore? So it's yeah, nice exactly. to stop eating. Right. Yeah, yeah I, can, yeah, I can't. I
0: can't wear any of my clothes. So I guess I'll. I guess I'll <laughs> diet. You know, God, and, I'm and glad
1: I, I never did that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure none of my listeners. Have. But like the you know the 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 idea of what it takes to get someone to actually do something like that it's like yeah. i don't want to but if i have to and right. i don't think families want to do what needs to be done but if they have to do it they will and that's right. the that's the last resort call that we get i wish i wish there was some way to either destigmatize the word or ed like this educate families about what the word really means or what the process really is and show them that this could be a proactive tool to prevent it from getting there You have a better chance of helping your loved one if you learn how to talk about it now than if you wait until the wheels have fallen off and then you try to change your behavior. Yeah. Much less chaotic.
1: And I don't think a good intervention doesn't stop with the person, hopefully they go into treatment, but that's mm-hmm. not where it stops. This is no. like this continues and and uh, the education continues and uh, the work on the family continues. And I think that that's really important too. So mm-hmm. this is a whole process of getting a family well, not just the person that, um, that goes off to treatment. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Yeah. I mean, if it was... So the whole gunslinger idea of just coming in one day and then the next day trying to shuffle your kid or loved one off to treatment, I think is what, like you just said, it's what we'd prefer. I don't want to have to put in all this work and change and do all that stuff. But, you know, a real effective intervention that's going to come in and try to address the whole problem is going to spend some time with the family, uh, both before and after. And after. Um, Especially after.
1: I don't think people think about that. You know what I mean? Oh, I don't know. I don't think people know that that that's really the sign of a good intervention. Mm. They and this we have all these people running around saying that they saved people. I saved another one. I saved another one, and that you know they did an intervention and saves. So that's not how that works. No. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't last like that. It's not effective and it's not a good idea.
0: Well, I mean it. It doesn't. In my humble hurt. opinion. Yeah, like it doesn't hurt to get them into treatment. Like that's fantastic. But now what? It's like, and you know, I think that a lot of the pressure comes off for a family. Um, you know, I'll get somebody that's like, I need to do an intervention and then they'll call me back an hour later and like, I got them to go to detox. And I'm like, Oh, so now we don't actually get to do the thing that might keep them in treatment or change the way the family deals with this because the pressure is off. Right. Right. And then I get the call a month later when like, Oh yeah, they left detox and came home to try outpatient. And now we're right back where we were. And that's you know, that might happen four or five times before I finally get to step in and just do it. And this is far,
1: I, too, far too dangerous to put a bandaid on. Right. You know? Yeah. And that's what scares me about stuff like that. Just getting somebody in is not the answer. I, there was a time in my life when I thought that was the answer, but it's not. It's, there's a lot of work that, that brought the family to this point, And there's a lot of work that needs to go on in order to make sure that everybody doesn't slip back.
0: Right. And just to be just to be clear, I mean, if you can get them in, don't not get them in. Of course. While you have yeah. something else. But like it, it's
1: yeah.
0: it's because, I mean, I'd rather have somebody in treatment and alive so that I can address the issue later. Um, you know, or we could do the intervention in detox. So we could do the intervention right. from the program. It doesn't right. happen at home. But I agree. Like I would, I think it would be much healthier for a family to look at the whole situation and say, you know what, we've been trying this for weeks, months or years, and we're not getting the results that we want why don't we have somebody else come in and consult with them and let them advise us professionally on what the right next thing to do is
1: right so i think that uh, the idea that the intervention is on the whole family and not just on the person of that you're you know concerned about it's not the right. just the person that needs to go into that that is an, is is the difference between what i feel like as a family focused intervention, which is uh, in my opinion, the best kind of an intervention and just somebody that's, you know, saving, I'm um, saving another life dragging mm-hmm. you, you know, because we want to stay, th- we want to stay in that healthy place. Right.
0: So, you know, I, I, I would say that that probably translates across really anything that a family's struggling with, or, or even just people in general, like, do you want to fix the thing or do you just not want to feel the symptom? Right. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I, I gotta say that and I put this in my book, which you did read, even though I didn't read yours, but like, you know, the 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 <laughs> that wait, the, wait,
1: move move aside. everybody needs to see that it's move to the top of the right pile. There. Yes, okay, top of the there pile. You are.
0: It's actually coming 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 with me this weekend. This is it's gonna get addressed. Okay. But the <laughs> do the thing, Mike. I will do the thing. Right. I'll do the thing. It's right, it's right there, it's right there. So but what I was saying is that you know, when you have like the flu. Right. Um, wait, what were we just talking about? Why did I just get lost there for a second?
1: Um, but, uh, Bring you me know, back. What were we saying? Um, <laughs> about doing something that's going to last. And- oh, the
0: band of the symptoms and the, stuff. Yeah, the 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 symptoms. Yeah, okay. so, yeah, there you go. So like when I have the flu and I have my head is, you know, a mess and I got boogers coming out of my nose and I'm coughing and I have a sore throat. I'm not trying to get rid of the flu. I'm not trying to address why I got the flu. I'm not thinking about all the things that could have happened. I literally just don't want to feel what's happening right now right and that's it and so you know i think that could be said for just about everything that we go through like i just don't want to feel what i'm feeling right now right. and once that's gone maybe i'll work on that other stuff so to to get a family system to step in and be like you know what this has been going on for long enough i've had the flu for like five years now and i'm sick of just taking day quill and Nyquil to not feel the symptoms can right. we just can we figure out why this keeps happening and to get a family to do that, just like, you know, how do you get an addict or an alcoholic to choose treatment? A lot of times it's because they have to have failed multiple times first. So it would be wonderful if the first time they came and like, you know what, I clearly can't do this. And they go to treatment, just like it would be wonderful if a family came in and proactively pursued intervention. But as wonderful as that would be and as much as I want that, odds are the family's going to have to uh, miss out on a couple of the previous attempts before they call
1: it would be nice if, uh, if, you know, as a family, they can step back and think about all the times that they have failed in the past with other people or with other things as it, it being a cohesive unit and mm-hmm. not have to do this, not have to watch somebody do this 10 times. Because well, the fear, fear how dangerous statement. this is. Yeah.
0: Because even if you found out, even if you found out and you're like, you know what, we need to do something about this. That means that you now have to reach outside of your family, right? That now means that people might find out. Um, that means that you're going to have to take action and and you have to go, you have to go the distance so that your loved one can prove to you that they can't do it from home
1: because who wants
0: to step in and disrupt somebody's (laughs) life and cause, you know, pull them from work or school or the kids or whatever without just cause.
1: Oh God, how I wish I had done that right from the beginning.
0: Well, so I mean, you don't know that until you're into it, but I agree with you. Like it Uh, would be so much better if we just handled it first.
1: Right so it when you read the book you'll see that there was a very beginning.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: And had I had I done that I read that,
0: the first page just so we're clear I know about the beginning. All right? No
1: I mean like the <laughs> the first chapter or two. Yeah. So in the very beginning had I had I reached out and brought my whole family together and done this done this this thing that that helped her I can see how because it didn't have, I didn't have to fail a whole bunch of times with her. My whole family had failed for a long time in doing lots of other things that weren't this, but right. the way we communicated with each other, with the way we dealt with problems and stuff, the Irish Catholic closed mouth, don't wear your dirty <laughs> laundry, that stuff never worked for anybody. Right. So if I could have, if somebody would have set me down and said, listen, you have a way in your family of doing this that, that, it is not working, it's never worked. Let's yeah, you do guys something. suck at this. We suck at it. <laughs> <laughs> we, we good at a lot of things. Very resilient, very yeah. strong, but lot not we did not that did not work. And had somebody said, you know what, we can change the way you deal with even things in the future, because now you'll have dealt with this. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, this will be might be, you know, life changing for her before all the yets. I haven't done this yet and right. that yet and that hadn't happened yet.
0: Oh boy. Well, where do we get access to people? Like how do, you know, how do parents and families open their mind to the idea of sitting down? I mean, maybe it's not the work, maybe it's not intervention. I mean, that's just one form of meeting with a family. Like that's, that's our topic today is intervention, but I mean, there's
1: just family counseling.
0: Well, that's it. It's just sitting down with a professional. Like I've alluded to that, but I think people might be thinking interventionist. but just sitting down with any professional in this field, and just sorting through it and being like, what am I doing? Is this helping? Is it hurting? Am I am I loving them appropriately in a healthy way? Or am I just contributing? You right. know, and, and I guess an interventionist does play that role because by the time we meet with a family, it's like, all right, we got to go through everything that you've tried up to this point to show you what you should be doing. And so we get there. But if a family's not ready for intervention, it doesn't mean that they're not ready for change. And it doesn't mean that they can't get help. And I know there's educational services and support groups across the board, you know, that, that people should be looking into. Um, I know you do some family recovery coaching stuff, right? Yeah. Okay. And, you know, I think that's become a real big resource, uh, for families is to sit down and have these multi-day or multi-week educational experiences, um, you know, either through webinars or video or in person or in support groups where they're learning the tools before it's too late you know not waiting for all the wheels to fall off they're like you know what i could see this becoming a problem i should probably go learn about this yeah and maybe it doesn't come with all the same stigma of saying we're doing an intervention it's just no i'm just i'm just learning about this i'm just you know i go once a week and just learn about this
1: and i was all too willing to go to therapy myself because of course i thought that you know I'm screwed up. This is why this is happening. <laughs> yeah. Instead of going somewhere where I could have learned about how to deal with this. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that existed then, or it might have, and I wouldn't have known how to find it. So that's why I'm glad we're talking about this because mm-hmm. like you said, there's lots of different ways of doing this, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, a family coach, whether it's just a family therapist or whether it's an intervention or an, or even a non-traditional kind of inter- intervention.
0: Or you can just read a book.
1: You can read a book. You can read, read both good. of those books. Yeah, read a, but, Read a good I, book.
0: Yeah, no, good they book should. About they should
1: come together. Your your book and my book. Read my book, and then uh, You'll be like. That and then they <laughs> <read your book. laughs>
0: you know what we'll do is we'll, we'll we'll tell Amazon we'll have them pack them together. I you think get they get the, should. Uh, if if you love me and uh, loving lions.
1: Yeah, well, I think there's lots of good things coming from the two of us. I think you know in the future mm-hmm. as far as um, as helping helping getting the families well.
0: Big things on the horizon.
1: Yes, and that's That's what I'm going to say about that.
0: (laughs) Well, I will say this to to all of our listeners. You know, we just had a really, really interesting conversation about a topic that, you know, maybe some of you are familiar with, some of you aren't. Um, You know, I would definitely consider doing your research, making sure that you find the right person for your situation. Um, But the most important thing that you can do, and, and this is just my opinion, is that you can find peer support. Um, what, talk to other people that have tried things. I mean, it's like, you're not in a silo. You may feel alone. You may feel like it's only happening to you. You may feel like your situation is so, so unique and so special because it's your loved one who is so unique and so special, but the problem is not. No. And, and the side effects are not, and the family's response is not special and unique. It's the same. And there's right. other people that have been through what you're going through. And that have come out on the other side and they have good advice. They have good direction. Or more importantly, they just know how you feel. <laughs>
1: no, and and they, there's such value in just somebody saying, Me too. too. Right. It's just, there's just nothing like it. And I love the in person meetings like Learn to Cope. Yeah. Um, but um, Magnolia has the support pages where you yeah. can go on. All free. There's no one selling anything. There's no one pushing anything on there. Yep. You go in there, and there are thousands of people that can say "me too," mm-hmm. and you don't have to write anything or talk. Nobody can see what happens unless you're in the group. But these are all people that um, that um, are going through it, and um, and you know that need support and and need to give support too, because mm-hmm. even you know, just like AA or any other, we we get better. And when we get better, it feels so good to give back, Mm -hmm. you know, that feeling of that full circle.
0: Or just remembering why you were there in the first place, like getting so caught up that your loved one's doing so well that you forget just how sick you were previously. And being at that meeting and seeing like someone come through the door for the first time and you're like, oh my God, I remember that. And checking yourself, like, have I actually worked on those things or did I just forget about them because my loved one's doing so well right now?
1: you know it's funny that i posted something on the family page today <clears throat> about um part of being happy is making the decision you wake up with the decision i'm going to be happy today and i know that that's very difficult sometimes and and almost impossible sometimes right. when you're going through all this but i think i do think it's a it's a decision because you can sink into it or you can <clears throat> try to force yourself
0: <clears throat> uh oh Oh my God. Do we do? Are we losing your voice? Yet? <laughs> the,
1: the worst thing in the whole world. My whole, my whole family's been praying for this to happen one day. Uh oh! Don't get sick. <laughs> but um, the um, yeah, th- that decision to 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 go with happiness, to go with mm-hmm. positivity, and um, reminding yourself of that. And it takes work, and it takes you know practice. But it, it is possible to to have the intention of being happy when you wake up in the morning.
0: Right, like Mo- Mondays day. don't suck. It's just another day. Right. Your mindset say, about Mondays sucks, but right. Mondays do The more don't
1: we suck. say that Mondays suck. But there was somebody who responded on the page that said, well, we, we can't expect our loved ones to, to do that because, you know, right in the beginning because their brains haven't healed. And she had a good point, but I wasn't talking about our loved ones. No. I was talking about her. And it was funny because she didn't even catch that because we become so entrenched in every, we don't even forget who we are. Whether we were even people anymore.
0: Mm-hmm. Everything so is about how we affect our loved one. Everything. What can we do? Yeah.
1: And it's like, and she was being, you know, and some people would think that would is unselfish, and it is to a certain extent, I guess, but to the to her own detriment, I'm sure that that particular person is probably so worried about their loved one that they they aren't doing the things they need to do to be strong and healthy for them. Mm-hmm. So. No.
0: Well, I mean, whether it's uh, whether it's reaching out to a professional showing up at a support group, reading a book, whatever it is. I mean, if my child had any illness, I would want to know everything I could know about that illness. And if I chose a doctor to get them treated, I would do my due diligence before I let someone address my child's life threatening illness. So it's just, You know, it's the same thing, and and I really like the idea of treating this like an illness. It does have symptoms. It can be treated. You can get well from it, but it makes you really sick, and it is contagious. Yes. And if you love somebody that's sick from this illness, it is contagious, and it is transmitted through your traditional parenting and love and all the stuff that kids get used to, uh, like how my kids can manipulate me. uh, It's because I have spent years teaching them how to do it, (laughs) showing them all my weaknesses amazing. Yes,
1: absolutely. Well, this has been a really good conversation.
0: It has. Yeah. I have, ch- have, have a chopper going overhead it. right now. I don't know if you guys can yeah. hear that. Well, no,
1: we can't because you have this fantastic microphone. That's awesome.
0: Ah, my new microphone. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so you know what? I'm going
1: I'm to start a letter writing campaign for people to write into you that you should read my book.
0: Oh, yes. <laughs> <at> your... Yes. <laughs> Flood me with Facebook posts and comments. And, Shame you into reading. I mean, if books. you really want to make me feel bad, just go on to YouTube and subscribe to our YouTube channel. That'll really show me, you know? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> or you know what? Leave a comment on a Facebook post or something like that. You know, it. make me feel real bad. to
1: your t-shirts made. Yes,
0: yes. <laughs> yes. Spike won't read her book. <laughs> and I promise yes. you, I, I, it's not your book.
1: It's books. I'm just teasing you. I, I don't know what reading. I'm going to tease you about when you read the book, because uh, well, then I'm going to have to find something new.
0: Well, it, how about you tease me for the big pile of other books that I have down here? No, okay. I'm okay with that. You don't have to read this. <laughs> I love it. I love it.
1: Well, this has been another great conversation.
0: It has. It has. And uh, if you are listening, please feel free to uh, share this. Um, We have a new episode that comes out roughly every Tuesday of the week. Uh, So you can look for those on Facebook. Uh, We post on Instagram, which is at CD pod. So if you like Instagram photos and little clips of our our episodes, you can go on there. Um, But as I just said previously, uh, you know, you can watch these on YouTube and, If you watch, just subscribe. You know, it's super simple. If you have a Google account or Gmail account, it'll let you subscribe right there. Um, But we post all this on Facebook. We give you access to all this stuff across the board. And, um, you know, we just want to make sure that if if you have questions or if you have a topic or something like that that you'd like us to hit, Maureen and I spend a lot of time talking about this stuff in the background, but the end of the day we talk about what we want to talk about and yeah. if you want us to talk about something you got to tell us yeah and so we will uh, we'll keep coming up with cool topics and special guests um but if you have something that you'd like to hear about uh, i did put this out recently and we got um what was it uh cbd was one of the topics um let me see there was a couple here um it was cb cbds which i think would be an interesting topic yeah um You know, I'd be curious to hear people's thoughts on that and um, see, and now that I need to find it, I won't be able to find it on my phone because, you know, apparently I wasn't prepared for this. Uh,
1: It it was your question too, which is... It was.
0: was, (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So here we go. Is um, CBD, uh, which is definitely something I want to talk about because it comes up, you know, uh, CBD without the THC, um, you know, what it means, vaping and stuff like that, uh, whether or not it's a good... Um, uh, exit plan for somebody that's using opiates uh if it's you know if it's well, medical it in, what does that mean
1: well, they got it in oils and all right? kinds of stuff on uh, massage right. oils and you know there's lots so, of different
0: i think oh, that would we'll be a interesting for that i want a guest for that yeah I want somebody, somebody to... that
1: really knows about it yeah right. that would be maybe, awesome
0: maybe even someone here in mass that's a part of the medical side of it that can can advocate oh, for it like i don't mind it learning right that's, that's what we all want to learn so um, so yeah, so CBD and then another one and one of our guests, Joanne Peterson, um, said, how about siblings and the effects on them? Uh, oh, we hear so from important. them a lot and they don't have a lot of support. And, you know, uh, Joanne and I both know a person that I intend to reach out to and see if she'll be a guest on here, which she's been a huge advocate for siblings. Um, and they just, they go through something different.
1: Do you, yeah. you, want, you want to hear something really strange, really quick, Joanne? Mm-hmm. I think I said this on the show. Joanne's son and my son have become friends, th- and through meeting each other accidentally, how weird is that?
0: I think you did you before uh, in our so intro strange. with Joanne. You were telling that story, which I think yeah. was hilarious because it was all happenstance. Like there was. But no- how
1: awesome it is to have somebody else that you go that you know has also gone through the same thing you've gone through as a sibling. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I think that's a great one.
0: So I definitely want to hear there. And then um, uh, another one was from a friend here, uh, Jillian, and she said uh, she was asking if we meant like uh, uh, dangers of vaping. And I guess it's, uh, you That's know, huge. especially with the younger younger kids, you know, the jewels, the pods, um, all that stuff. And I think I was trying to clarify, is it vaping of THC or is it vaping just in general? And I think it's both, you know. I think, I think it's, it's both
1: too. And keep a- in mind, we don't know. We don't always know what they're vaping.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's in there. It yeah. uh, just smells like cereal. Um, right. <laughs> but the the uh, uh, you know with vaping, there's, I think it creates a little bit of a culture, kind of like cigarettes did. You know, we almost got cigarettes down to like four oh, uh, or five percent. Oh. Or six or seven or something like that. And I then, wonder
1: where the vaping came from. Could it have been the cigarette companies that were losing business? Could have been. I guess been, yeah. it could have yeah, that's a well, possibility. They're which doing makes great it now. which makes it
0: bad. <laughs> doing which it makes great it now. bad.
1: Think let's let's all think about that. Mm-hmm. When they said that cigarettes weren't bad, right? My remember my parents, nobody told us it was bad for you. Mm-hmm. Well, you're inhaling something into your lungs, my friends. This is probably not a good thing.
0: So, you know, big tobacco, big pharma, we went through it with cigarettes yep. and they were cigarettes are not addictive, and we went through that with pharma and you know unfortunately as I said earlier it's definitely it's bad that the businesses are doing this but it's up to the consumer to think about what you're doing too so right all right well so awesome. we will hit those comments and if you have other comments you can uh, comment on any of our um, uh, any of our Instagram uh, stuff at CD pod or you can go and watch this on Facebook and you can comment on there we read them all we're happy to read them out loud so if you've got something you want us to share please let us know Awesome. And, um, I know you're going to enjoy the rest of your day. I'm going to do the same.
1: I am. I'm going off to a workshop to work on book number two. So let's. why don't you finish book number one before um, before uh, book number two comes out, Michael?
0: That, that I can, I can that. I like that. I, like, I can do that. Just because I know how much lead time you get before that book's coming out. <laughs> I got you. It's going to happen.
1: All right. Thank All right. you. Bye, Have a good everybody. weekend. Bye.
0: All right. I would like to thank all of our listeners for joining us today on this episode of Collateral Damage. As always, if you'd like to find out all of the different ways that you can listen to and subscribe to our podcast, you can visit our website, which is www.cdpodcast.com. There are many different ways to listen, download, and subscribe, so we encourage you to choose the one that is most appropriate for you. And as always, we would encourage our listeners to get informed and stay connected. Thank you for joining us.